Alrighty, sir. How you doing today? What's up, mate? I'm no. pretty good. Having a good. having a fine morning. Ah, uh, yes. It's actually almost evening for me, but yes, it's been a fine day. Good, sir. Touche. Touche. All right. Well, today, my friend and fellow friends who are listening, dear listeners, dear listeners, as Obed would say, part five of the easy mode framework. <laughs> this is the one that everybody aspires to get to, right? Like everyone wanted, wants to jump the gun with parts one through four and jump straight to five, which is creation. So today we're going to talk about creation. Obed, why don't you why don't you dive into the four parts a little bit? Give us a little overview, and then we'll dive deep. What do you say? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so part five. Yeah, creation. Now this Hold is on. pause, pause, yep. pause, pause. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, give me share screen capability. I got That's... the doc pulled up so we can use it like the that last sounded, one. That sounded like some fucking like space cadet shit. Can you give me share screen capabilities? I'm locked in on ISO 412. I'm going in right now. Like that's what that's what it sounded like. <laughs> that's my voice. This is Private Clouser over at uh, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Target and Delivery. <laughs> uh, about to deliver the payload. Can you oh. give me share screen capabilities? <laughs> um. So yeah, creation. It's actually broken into four sections i say sections because i don't want to say parts right like part four is broken into four parts and like uh, it just sounds confusing so part five creation uh it's broken into four parts right so um substance and delivery effort and payoff uh memorable experiences and the consumption experience um real quick just to preface this creation part of this framework isn't like, oh, here's how you create content. Cause like you already know how to do that. So this is more of like four things that we think that if you knew, um, and if you sort of like believed in, in a way, in a, in a lack of a better phrase, then the next time you go into creating content and you have these things in the back of your mind, we think you'll be able to create much, much better content. Not that you don't already create great content. You're amazing, right? But if you know these things, we think it'll be super helpful. So these things are I feel like you're I feel like you're talking to me right now. Like are my, you are you putting me down? You think uh, my content sucks? You know, if if the shoe fits, wear it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just uh, talking to our dear listeners. Um so the first part, um, substance and delivery, then it's effort and payoff, then it's memorable experiences. And then the last one is the consumption experience. So those are the four parts that make up part five. Sorry if that's confusing, but let's jump into them. So the first one, substance and delivery. What this essentially means is when it comes to creating content, you want to break it down into two parts. You want to break it down into your substance and you want to break it down into your delivery. The reason Todd and I think this is very important is because a lot of marketers or creators don't really do this and they kind of see, they, they kind of don't even really consider the delivery part. It's like, right, I'm writing a blog post and it's going to be about this, or I'm, you know, recording a video and it's going to be about this, right? Like that's kind of how content creation or like how we choose the formats or like how we go about creating content. But 
the way Todd and I see it is first you want to get your substance, right? Like what is, what are the insights, the perspectives you're providing, the advice, like that's essentially your, the, the value that you're offering, right? If your substance is good, then usually what you create out of it will be good as well, right? Um, so that's why substance comes first. You want to make sure that what you're providing before you even get to how you're going to deliver this message or how you're going to optimize it or what channels you're going to publish it on. You want to first make sure that this stuff is good, that it's worth consuming, that it's worth somebody spending their time on. So you have your substance and then you have delivery. This is how you deliver that substance. This is where you think of the best ways for you to get that message across, right? Um, and you could, you could do that by considering different types of content, type one, type two, type three. You could do that by considering different content formats, right? In one of our earlier episodes, we talked about all these dozens and dozens of different content formats. You're not limited to just blog posts and podcast episodes and eBooks and white papers and email newsletters, right? Um, so yeah, that's, that's how it goes. And, and just to hone in on the delivery part a little more, you can break that down into two more parts. So delivery can be broken down into format and concept. Format is just what we just talked about, right? It's the asset, the final asset that you're creating out of that substance. And that's usually where people stop, right? They have their substance and then they have their format and then they create the content. But we feel like sometimes you need to go one step further and apply a concept, right? Sort of like a creative premise that your content is built on. Um, a lot of times if you apply a concept to your content, it can perform a lot better. And uh, I'm rambling now. So Todd, what do you have to say on this topic, sir? Yeah, I want to I want to kind of come back to and I think I mentioned this a little bit in the last episode, but um there's a balance here between substance and delivery and I I kind of fell into this trap early on in my content creation uh journey, so to speak. And like initially I started out with with substance which was like very like type one, just like talking to the screen videos. And as I got more comfortable doing that, I wanted to play around with different types of delivery. So like more entertainment, more of that kind of stuff. And when I, when I first did this, um, the, the first like one or two videos had like a good mix of substance and delivery. But as I began to like get good feedback on that series, around the entertainment side, it slowly started to shift like more and more towards delivery and just like being funny for the sake of being funny from a personal content creator's perspective, specifically in the B2B sense, this is why this creation framework in itself is very important because like in my own like script writing now, I start with substance. And I think like, that's where everybody needs to like start because if you don't start with substance, it's very easy for the message to get lost in the delivery. So like th this kind of goes back to type one, type two, and type three. It always starts with insightful substance. So I guess this is just like a word to the, wi to the wise. Like 
as you start into your creation process, like write out a script and like the things that you want to accomplish with that piece of content, start there and then kind of figure out the delivery method. And as you, you don't have to do this forever, but like at least in the beginning, like as you figure out like how to create whatever type of content that you're going to, you know, go all in on, that's going to help you ensure that like you, you specifically with entertainment, there's still some substance behind it. So just kind of a yeah. word to the wise as you're going through and creating new and different types of content, always start with the substance and then figure out the delivery method that's going to best achieve whatever goal you have. Yeah. Yeah. So quick example, there's two commercials about a product, right? Um, there's a Grammarly commercial and then there's the ClickUp commercial. Now the Grammarly commercial is just like a, a dude sitting there in front of his laptop and he's like, hey, this is how I use Grammarly to do so-and-so. And then it shows you like product screenshots. It shows him using it and it's like a 30 or 45 second commercial um, and that's it. It shows you the product. It shows you what it does. It shows you the product in action and that's the commercial. On the other hand, and you guys have probably heard me talk about this before and you've probably seen it already, but there's like ClickUp's commercials. One of them, they, one of them that they made, it was like a group of cavemen way back in the day. And they were actually showing these cavemen use ClickUp to like, I don't know, do their daily like cavemen shit, like light fires and draw hieroglyphics in caves and whatnot. I don't know. But it was the same commercial, right? But one was built on a creative concept. They both showed you what the product is. They both showed you what the product does. They both showed you someone using the product and they both showed you like screenshots or UI, the product in action. They both showed you that. But one was built on a creative concept and I'd argue that that one is the more memorable one. Now, for sure, you know, side note, they could have very different goals the goal of that specific Grammarly one, they were very like, you know, Grammarly was very huge in like the marketing world and this and that. And that commercial was geared towards like, it was like a high school student or like a college student using Grammarly for their essay. So that's cool there, right? Like that type of stuff helps them unlock new verticals in a way. But from like a content creations perspective, from, you know, a substance and delivery perspective, when we're looking at it like that, like these commercials in terms of content, they're the same thing. They show you the product, show you what it does, but you know, one is built on a creative concept and therefore more memorable. So, you know, and then it goes back to what we talk about or what Todd has mentioned a few times, like that balance, right? You could have a blend of both. We're not saying that don't ever make anything like the Grammarly commercial only do the ClickUp commercial or vice versa. We're saying that like understand a distinction between these two and like we're just helping you distinguish different types of content. And it's so, sort of like the anatomy of content. Sorry, that sounds super weird and cringy, but that's what it is. Like that's, how, that's what we're trying to get you to understand. See content through that lens. Instead of just seeing a video, right, or a commercial, you're looking at all the inner workings behind it. And so, yeah, substance and delivery. Um, from there, we have effort and payoff, right? And what this essentially is, is 
there's there's two ways to look at this. There's high effort and high payoff, and then there's low effort and high payoff, right? And uh, Todd, you want to go over this one, my man? Yeah, I think this one is super important uh, to go over because you can do this from a like a personal creator perspective, but I think coming in from a like team perspective, this is super important because as you're going through all of this stuff, ideas are going to fly around. Like as you're in the ideation process, like you're going to be coming up with all these ideas. You have to find the right mix of high effort and low effort content. Now we have it here as high effort, high payoff, low effort, high payoff, but there is obviously such a thing as high effort, low payoff, low Mm -hmm. effort, low payoff. And that's, that's the purpose for like, Everything that we covered prior to this, the purpose of that is to ensure that anything you're putting out is high payoff. So like if you follow all that stuff, you should have high payoff content. Um, So we have high effort, high payoff, low effort, high payoff. Now, in my mind, Obed, feel free to, uh, to come back here, but you need to have each. So typically like, you're going to start with the low effort, high payoff in, in my head. This is like what I'm doing currently at my team is like figuring out a low effort series that everyone on your marketing team, or if you're selling into like a different persona, maybe it's people on your sales team or customer success or HR, whoever, everybody on the team that you're trying to reach should have a low effort series that they can manage themselves. And the, the purpose of that is one, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost that much in, in the form of time, but it has a massive payoff. So for example, like a, a good example of this would be Obed's wraps, worst marketer in the world for me. Like we can, we can pump those out at a pretty high rate and they also have a very high payoff. Like we're known for those things. Uh, it attracts awareness for the company. If the series is good, it's driven around whatever like the value prop of your company is. So it 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 helps you as well as helping the company at the same time. So like low effort, high payoff should not be like a one person thing. Like you need to spread this out across multiple people within your company, and then high effort, high payoff. That's going to be something that um, when we say high effort, like it's going to be high production value. There's going to be like, you know, really good writing behind it. That's super polished. Uh, these, these examples of this would be like in, in my instance, like a lavender Joe, or like if people have seen the, the winter commercials, a really good example of a, a, individual creator doing this would be corporate bro with his cold call reenactments for for bravado so like these are the high payoff or the high effort series they're also high payoff but like they they can be shared and spread from a wider angle so like you can use them in ads multiple people within the org can share them because they're a little broader um so in in most companies you're going to have a few low effort high payoff series and probably like one high effort, high payoff series. And 
honestly, maybe, maybe not even one high effort. Like you should start with the low and then like, as you progress, you can work into the high. Cause obviously there's, there's budget and things that go behind that, but um, there, there should be a mix of the two. So yeah. hop in here. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Um, just to drive it home. Uh, one quick example is like uh, last year, a company had asked me to write a blog post on what it meant to build a media company. I like pitched them my outline for it. They were like, hey, this is cool, but we want you to do it this way. And the way they asked me to do it was like, we want you to go and interview the companies that you think are currently functioning that way. And then we want you to learn their strategy and then break it down in a way to where anyone reading that blog post could emulate that strategy. So I felt like, you know, that's going to take me weeks to do the interviews. It's going to take me a week to like compile all of that information and then do any additional research. It's going to take me a week to write it, a couple of days to edit. Um, then we're going to publish it. Then we're going to wait a few weeks for it to index. Uh, in the meantime, we're building backlinks and whatnot. Then it's going to rank. And then it, uh, from there, after we're done, you know, like distrib distributing it a few times, promoting it, it's only ever going to get found by the people that are specifically searching for that information. So I was like, that is a boatload of effort for very little payoff. So I, I didn't proceed with that, but what I did instead, because I wanted to get my thoughts on, I get my thoughts out about the topic of what it means to build a media company. So without doing any interviews, without doing a single Google search, I just wrote down what I thought that meant into lyrics. I found a really cool beat and then I wrapped those lyrics over that beat. I called the song Media Company. I made a video of me lip syncing that song. I published it on LinkedIn and within like 24 hours, uh, it had like like 30,000 views. It was listened to for over like 400 minutes from a you know predominantly B2B SaaS audience. I got like 350 followers uh, within 24 hours of me posting it. So that's when that really hit me. I was like, when it came to this substance, right? Like what it means to build a media company, I could have taken the very uh, high effort, low payoff route. But instead, I took this other route that turned out to be very low effort, but very high payoff. Because in total, it took me, you know, maybe six, seven hours to write it, record it, record the video, edit all. Like, it just took me seven hours. So that was, uh, that was my realization of it. Um, you could also think of it like a podcast on the low effort side. It could just be a normal podcast, Zoom call, record it, publish it, you're done. On the high effort side, you could meet up with these people in person. You could have multiple camera angles. You could have raw, unscripted conversations. And, you know, this could turn out to be very awesome. But at the same time, like, it would be extremely high effort flying out to those people, um, you know, a being able to schedule appointments with them that fits with everyone's schedule. Um, it would take a lot of work. It would... Uh, on the other hand, the low effort podcast example I gave, that wouldn't take a lot of work. So you could make both of these work, but that's the whole purpose and point of knowing this and looking at content this way too. So that way you could start to blend all of these efforts into your mix. You can blend in the commercials, you can blend in the low effort series. Um, so yeah, moving on.
the next moving part, right along sir the next part of this framework part five is memorable experiences this this part's easy i wrote down five things about it so memorable experiences really all this means is marketing is just about creating memorable experiences and what that means is one you understand that you're creating this content for the person who's going to be reading it, watching it, listening to it, or interacting with it. You're not creating for yourself, for your team, for your manager, or for your CEO. Two, you understand that this person comes across hundreds of content assets in one day, so you don't want to just grab their attention. You want to hold it and have that time be worth it for them. Three, your goal is not for them to abandon what they were doing before they came across your content and click through to some new page. Your goal is for them to consume your content, evoke a positive reaction, and then you send them on their way, right? Like they smile, they laugh, they ponder, they wonder, they're impressed, etc. If they engage with your content, if they do click through, cool, that's awesome, but you don't want to set that, you set your sights on that, you know, you end up disappointing yourself. You want to rather look at it from the perspective of each one of, you know, every time they interact with our content, it's like an opportunity for you to plant a seed in their brain for, for, for it to be a memorable moment and uh, send them on their way. At the end of the day, like when you think about it, we come across like hundreds of content assets in one day and then like five days go by and all that shit becomes like a blur right? It's just like this fuzzy cloud in your head. You can't recall every single one of the hundreds of things that you've seen. It's impossible. Unless you have like insane photogenic memory or something. But it's really, it would be really difficult to recall all those things. What you can recall are maybe four or five of the content assets that you came across. And that's what we're trying to emulate. That's what we're trying to accomplish. The reason that you remember those things is because Obviously, they were memorable experiences, whether they, they could have gave you a really good perspective on something, they could have taught you something that you didn't know, they could have given you a really, really good laugh. So, you know, in, it was insightful, it was interesting, it was entertaining. Huh, dude, that's fucking crazy how that works, Todd. Shit's coming it's, back full circle. We didn't even realize that. blowing. <laughs> uh, so, number four, sorry, I just went off on a little tangent. Number four. You understand that not everything will be tracked, but you also understand that content creation is a must, right? So a little dilemma there, right? Um, content needs to be created and therefore you're going to consistently be creating it. And that's why instead of trying to make everything good, you aim to make it memorable. Um, and then the last one, number five, you understand that to do all this, you can't just present your message. You have to deliver your message through a unique or interesting angle. And that is I want to pause on that last one real quick. Memorable experiences. Todd, what you got? Yeah, I want to I want to throw out a little example of this um, in the context of like LinkedIn, because I think you yeah. bring up a good point where you say you consume all this content, like, let's say over the course of a week. Um, and like if you if I were to ask you to recall. Like three pieces of content from that week. I mean, I won't speak for you, but if, if you're asking me that question, it's very rare that I'm going to recall a text post, one, unless it's really, really freaking good and it applies to like me specifically. Mm -hmm. 
And that's because most of this, most of the content that we create is not memorable. It's made to, everyone talks about like, you need to have a great hook. You need to like do all these, you know, like tactics and tricks to get people to like look at your content and engage with it. So it, it gets pushed further. What nobody talks about is, is that content memorable and is it going to cause some sort of action? Now, like, I understand the fact that these little tactics and all this stuff to get people to engage with your content, the point is like over time, they, they know you, they trust you, they build a relationship with you, all that good stuff. But imagine how much quicker that happens when your goal before creating your content is to make it memorable rather than getting someone to click like or comment cool post bro so it gets pushed out to their audience too yeah like most most people have the wrong goal with with their content most people want to go viral which is cool like if that happens great but more importantly than that is like making sure that that piece of content is going to stick in someone's brain past you know 30 30 minutes let alone a week yeah so yeah speaking of quick quick example of that i used to make these videos where i would like stream myself playing a video game and i would just talk about marketing stuff and i only recorded like two videos uh but the first one it was like a 20 minute one so i was able to break it down to like six smaller clips so in total i posted maybe like seven videos of me like gaming talking about marketing they didn't quote unquote perform as well as like all my other content. And it was pretty high effort to make them. So I stopped making them. And then like months go by and, you know, obviously I'm making other content. So months go by and I'm getting all these consultation calls. And these people are legit telling me that like out of all the content that I've made now, the skits, the songs, the gaming shit, the text posts, blah, blah, blah. They tell me it's like the gaming videos that they remember and like recall from time to time. And I'm like, for real, what the fuck? Like they flopped, like they sucked. And they're like, no, like those were awesome. And then that pointed out to me, like I should probably go back in on this gaming video stuff, um, which I'm definitely gonna. Uh, anyways, sorry, but that was a good example of it, right? It may not always come down to performance. It may not come down to click throughs and likes and conversions and this and that. Um, so you shouldn't aim to make your stuff good. When you're aiming to make it good, what are you going to want to see after that? You're going to want to see the proof of whether or not it was good. How are you going to look for that proof? You're going to look for trackable shit, you know, attributable shit. And again, it's not always going to be there. That may get you to think like, oh, that shit sucked. Let's kill it. Right? So you aim to make it memorable. You aim to put all this stuff together and create memorable experiences. That's what you want to do. Uh, the last part is the consumption experience. And Todd kind of kind of went over it a little bit earlier when he brought up hooks. And this is really what we really want to drive home because a lot of people, most people, they just talk about hooks, right? Like your hook has to be great. Your hook, your hook. Here's 80 headlines you can steal. Here's a hundred hooks, right? But I mean, there's so much that goes into that, right? Like that's assuming that, okay, there's a cool hook. I start reading the post. 
not even halfway through, I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is going anywhere. And then I just like scroll to the next one. You're assuming that just because you have my attention with your hook that you're going to hold it and that time is going to be worth it for me, right? If it comes across, like if this happens on a few instances, on, you know, multiple instances where you grab my attention and I start reading your post or I start watching your video and then I'm just like, eh, whatever. And then I move on. Eventually, I'm just going to tune you out. People are going to tune you out. Eventually, people are going to unfollow you, right? So like hooks are great, but that's one part of the equation. The other two parts are structure and substance, right? So that's how you grab their attention, you hold it, and then you make it worth it for them, right? So the hook is what brings them in. Your structure is what allows them to glide through the information. It allows them to stick to the information, right? The less effort, and this goes into reading, this goes into watching, this goes into listening, because it's about attention, right? The less effort that someone has to put into the actual act of consuming your content, the better, right? So when it comes to reading, how many times have we read a blog post and we have to like reread the sentence like a multiple times because it's like, wait, what? Right. So the, the, the less effort that I have to put into the actual act of reading, the longer I'll stick to that blog post. If I can glide through your blog post because the writing flows from beginning to end, I'm going to stick with it. Right. Same thing with uh, same thing with videos, same thing with audio, everything. Right. And then the last part, how do you make it worth it for them? The substance. Right. The substance you provide is what determines whether or not that time was well spent for them. So that is the entire consumption experience. And I've sort of explained that from a reading perspective. Um, and that's why this used to be called the reading experience. But Todd has a pretty good take on this when it comes to like videos, YouTube videos and stuff like that. So now we call it the consumption experience. So Todd, you want to go over that real quick? Yeah, for sure. So like in, I experienced this a ton back when I was doing YouTube full time. And you got to look at it a little differently because like, Yes, there's a hook, but it's not like your traditional scrolling feed, like a LinkedIn, where your hook is just like automatic, the beginning of the post, the beginning of the, the video. Your hook is also, now you've, you've in YouTube and some of these long form channels, you have like a three part hook. So the, the first part of that is like your thumbnail. So how I explain thumbnail is like, as I'm scrolling through my YouTube feed, like the, the first thing that I see is the thumbnail. So like if it gets me to stop, that's the goal of the thumbnail. Now, the second part of the hook in air quotes in a YouTube video is going to be that, that title. So the thumbnail got me to stop. Does the title like entice me to actually like click and watch the video? Now, the, the problem that a lot of people make and this kind of ties into the rest of the video is the same thing Obed just said with LinkedIn as an example. Like if I say 15 tips to do X as the hook, and then I show you eight, and then the call to action is, you know, subscribe to my newsletter for the rest. Like that's a terrible experience. It's the same thing with YouTube. And like this was made very popular back before YouTube's algorithm was good people would just clickbait the the title and the thumbnail. And then when you get into the actual video, like it doesn't 
make good on the promise that was made to you with the title and the, the thumbnail. So that's the first part of your hook is the thumbnail and the title. But then when you actually get into the video, almost every single one of the thousand plus videos that you know I made when I was doing YouTube, at least in the beginning, had a very steep drop off. When I say steep, I mean like you go from like 100% viewership to like 50% viewership in the matter of 30 seconds. And then like from there, you have to figure out how to hold them for 15 minutes. But that's the third part of your hook is that first 30 seconds. And like, I think the trick here is not trying to like trick them into watching the video like a lot of people do on LinkedIn, like in the example I just gave. But, and, and it doesn't have to be like, like in your face and like, you know, super fast paced and all that. But like, it has to deliver on what was initially promised in the first 30 seconds. Because if I'm clicking to see something and then the first 30 seconds, like I see like you introducing yourself and, you know, you showing me like a, a paid sponsorship and like all this other junk that is not associated with the, the title and the thumbnail, like I'm piecing out. So that's the hook in the sense of a YouTube video. And then the structure of that YouTube video is again, like making sure that it flows in a way that keeps the viewer engaged. And like every so often you gotta, you gotta, you have to think in your head, like, okay, this person's been watching for three minutes. How do I re engage them? Like, how do I, how do I pique their interest again? And like, you should be thinking about that the entire time in a long form piece of content. So that's kind of the, uh, the YouTube slash long form video version of, uh, uh, of that. Ah, uh, Godspeed, sir. Um, so yeah, going back to what you said about clickbait, guys, this is 100% doable with a, with a text post. And I see it all the time. People are like, it was the worst day of my life. Line break. And then you click see more. And then they're like, at least that's what I thought. And then it goes into like the best like feel good story ever. I hate those. Like this is happening because we're putting so much attention on like hooks and we're just like hooks, 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 everyone, you know, good hook, good hook. Now like this shit's happening where people will be like, he lied to me. And then you're like, damn, what happened? Are you okay? And you click see more. And then it's just like, but it was a pleasant surprise and it was all a joke or whatever, you know? And it's just, it's dumb. Like, and people go to such extreme lengths with this and we got to stop. We got to stop. Uh, so I think there's a series in there somewhere. <laughs> there has to be. There has to be. Uh, I think you're onto something. Um, so that's part five of the easy mode framework creation. But then I realized that I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was invisible. <laughs> uh, so that's part five of the easy mode framework creation. And uh, all right, guys, thanks for listening. Bye. All right, see you guys. Bye.